today in 2021 with episode 6 of Loud. I hope you're all having a decent year so far despite the circumstances but today's episode is about bullying and joining me today is Nikhil. We'll be talking not only about the technicalities of bullying such as what it actually is, the different forms and the reasons why it can happen but with the help of a survey we did with the people who follow us on social media we'll be discussing the effectiveness of different anti-bullying strategies and what our generation really thinks will help to combat it both offline and on Online. But before we get into all of that, I've got to let all the new people listening today know who we are and what we are all about. Loud is bringing together the voices of young people in the world to talk about things from wide scale, systemic issues to the things that affect us on a more personal level, giving our own perspectives because most of the time we are only hearing from the older generations. This podcast is split up into two segments, this one, and then later on we'll head over to the Loud table where a group of us will discuss the topic in more depth. But if you want to know a bit more about us, feel free to go and listen to the trailer episode, Introducing Loud, where I go into more detail about who we are and some of the Loud Table members introduce themselves. Now, let's get on to the episode. Please welcome Nikhil. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Nikhil um, and I'm co-hosting this episode because, well, I've never been bullied really, but I think it's a really important topic and it happens a lot more than everyone realises so, and it was quite important to me. So, Okay, cool. So let's go. First of all, let's begin with the basics. What is the definition of bullying? We asked this question in our survey, but surprisingly, although many people admitted to have been bullied, the majority of people left this question blank or said they didn't know. They said the repeated action of causing a given target harm over an indefinite period of time. Repetitive behaviour intended to cause someone physical or emotional pain. And ruining someone's perception of themselves. According to antibullyingalliance.org.uk, bullying is the repetitive, intentional hurting of one person or group by another person or group, where the relationship involves an imbalance of power. It can happen face-to-face or it can happen online. Whilst the definition can seem quite simple, bullying in itself is actually a lot more complex than this definition says. And since the definition states bullying involves an imbalance of power, this makes things complicated because there are general overlaps into other categories such as harassment or conflict. It's also really important to note that some of the people who bully others may have actually been bullied themselves and this is a big reason for it. And um, they bully others to regain control. While it doesn't actually excuse a behaviour, it can help when you're looking at prevention or resolution of bullying issues. So on the topic of prevention, let's now look at why people actually get bullied. So many people purely associate bullying with school-aged children, but in reality it stems into the worlds of the adult generation and happens in workplaces and other walks of life. A lot of questions that targets for bullying have is why? So why me? What have I done to deserve this? Like we actually said earlier, an element of bullying is about the imbalance of power. It's when people are having it taken from them, it strips us of dignity and it makes us feel small. 
Um, according to bullyingonline.org, there are multiple reasons why people can become a target. And one of the main reasons is simply being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Others include being competent. So basically just being really good at what you do. Being popular or like to can make people feel jealous in some ways. Um, people with quite strong characters can find themselves victims. On the contrary, people who have, may have less strong characters and they show vulnerability. Also as well, raising concerns that might put the bully at risk. And also revenge. Um, this sounds a bit silly, it sounds like a film or something, but um, it's if people are holding a grudge or something, they might just want to really annoy and eventually bully that person. So now we're going to share and discuss some of the results from polls recently taken from our Instagram account at loud.podcast. Okay, so um, 8 in 10 of our audience actually said that they've been bullied. What are your thoughts on this? I think it just shows how far we have to go to become an ideal and kind world. I also think it shows how many people feel like they've been bullied but don't actually speak about it to others. And the next poll showed that actually 88% of people have seen bullying happening and that 73% of these have supposedly stepped in. It shows that our society actually does have many people who are decent enough to do the right thing and we are actually moving forward. However, another poll showed that 56% of people have knowingly or unknowingly bullied others. This brings an important point to light that actually much bullying is subconscious or not realised by the bully. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, a lot of bullying happens with, with people standing by as well. So a lot of the time people might be around or witnessing this and not necessarily doing anything. And whilst they might not be the one actually doing the bulk of the bullying, by allowing it to continue, they also end up being associated with and grouping with the bully because they aren't really doing anything. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. Alright, the last poll we asked was how many types of bullying do you think there are? All of the responses said way too many to count or there's loads, etc. And this leads us nicely onto our next section where we'll talk briefly about the different types of bullying around. Before we move on, I think the fact that people think that there are way too many to count or they are at least aware that there are a lot of different types of bullying, people are actually aware that this is a problem but might not necessarily just know how to deal with it. Definitely. Yeah, so as we said earlier, bullying has spiralled into such a complex topic and it comes in many forms, so here are a few of them. So we have prejudicial, it's based off of people's opinions on certain races, ethnicities, sexual orientations, etc. Um, it's really the stem of all bullying, to be honest. Okay, another type of bullying is verbal bullying, which can involve using words to target and hurt people, but might not necessarily go onto the physical side. Next, we have relational. You might see it as quite dangerous because um, people can feel like they have no escape, especially if it's like a marriage or something and they just feel trapped and like they can't talk to anyone about it. Um, there's also sexual, so there's bullying in a sexual form and it can stem into sexual harassment. We also have physical, which you could say links to sexual, um, but it's kind of like the bullying that you'd see in films and stuff where people are being kicked around and stuff. Um, it does happen a lot sometimes, but the reason we're saying all these different types is because it's actually not the main type that's used anymore. Especially now in this day and age with lockdown and people not physically being near each other anymore, cyberbullying is a lot more prevalent in today's day and age, especially with all the technology. So that is basically any bullying that happens online. Next we have mob or group um, bullying and it normally stems from banter um, and it can develop into a lot worse um, of a situation. 
And then we have subconscious bullying, which is the type of bullying that happens when people don't necessarily realize what they're doing. I think this happens a lot in friendships where relationships can slowly become toxic and people can end up bullying one another. So I was thinking that it actually helps to view bullying as a large web with all of these types we've listed above because you may have listened to that and thinking, okay, well, verbal links are prejudicial. All bullying is prejudicial because it's about people's perceptions of other people. Then relational and sexual link and you also have physical, cyber and marking. So um, you can you can think of it as a web with, and they all have their own branches which also link to one another. And they can also heavily link to separate issues like abuse, like different types of abuse, harassment, forms of discrimination and just general closed-mindedness, which is why sometimes it's difficult to look at bullying and actually say, well, I'm being bullied or it's difficult to know where, where the bullying stops and things like abuse stop. Now we're going to move on to the actual effects of bullying and this may help some listeners identify when someone's being bullied or even if they're, they are being bullied. But as a quick trigger warning, we'll be mentioning themes like self-harm or other negative um, side effects, if you could say that, about bullying. So if this is going to affect you, please fast forward. Bullying doesn't actually only affect the intended target and the purpose, but also everyone who ends up being exposed to that kind of negative environment. And many adults tend to undermine the experiences that children go through because it's disregarded as like a part of growing up or something that children should go through in order to toughen up or learn how to deal with the world. A lot of the time, especially when the victim doesn't actually speak with anyone about the situation, feelings of humiliation, self-doubt and hatred for the bullies get bottled up more and more until the victim breaks. Whether this is in the form of crying, violence or self-harm, it's always preventable and unnecessary. It can lead to the victim putting others in danger, putting themselves in danger, or their state deteriorating even further. And also, students who are bullied tend to perform worse than their peers academically. Apart from the short-term effects, in the term, the effects can follow people into their adult lives and can cause a range of mental problems. In relation to that, I think it's important to look at schools and the way that they tackle bullying because most of the victims of bullying who answered the survey said that they didn't receive proper support from their schools or didn't feel like they could actually reach out to their school. 91% of those said their school's anti-bullying efforts don't actually work. Students feel the anti-bullying efforts from schools are mainly passive, i.e. they take statements but don't do anything with them, they give the bully a detention, which only really fuels the situation to become worse, and things like that. So they're not actually actively trying to stop it and make the victims feel safe. So now we're moving on to the loud table, where we will be joined by Isla, Emma and Adrian. It might sound a bit strange because we've cut out their personal experiences with bullying and we're going to be moving those to a later episode where we can focus them a lot more and in some more detail. Also, as a trigger warning, we'll be mentioning some sensitive themes associated with bullying. So if this is going to affect you, then please listen with caution. But before we move on, we're going to have a short break with a musical interval sung by at Danny underscore musical. I'll also be inserting an ad slot here. So please adjust your volume in case an advert starts playing and it's very loud. We're Gen Z and we want change. Viewpoints, well, we've got a range and we're not too young. We know what we're talking about. We're Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, I'm Myla. <laughs> and you're listening to The Loud Table. Woo! Yay! 
So we have six, well, more than six types of bullying. We have verbal bullying and physical bullying, which are the main types that everyone hears about, everyone knows about. People make short films about to help. They're talked about in adverts and helplines and stuff. But then there's so many more as well. Cyberbullying, also that's nowadays mentioned a lot. We have prejudicial bullying, so discrimination effectively. We have sexual bullying, which is a whole other topic in itself. And we have relational aggression, which is also another topic in itself because it's, it leads on to topics like domestic abuse um, and abuse to as children as well. And then we have group bullying. Group bullying is a big topic because it's a lot of subconscious and it's a lot of conscious and it can start as banter and it can spiral into what we call bullying. Um, and also how in relationships when there's bullying, it can feel like there's no escape. With um, domestic bullying or just um, with a lot of types of bullying, um, it's not always obvious to the person who's being bullied that they are being bullied. Like I know um, from personal experience, which I know we're going to get into, I've been um, group. I've experienced group bullying. Well, I say that more like social exclusion and isolation, which I will talk about later. But you don't notice that you are being bullied because they gaslight you a lot. And they make you feel like... Um, Sorry, can you just explain oh, what gaslighting Yeah, is? so gaslighting is basically making you, making themselves feel like, seem like they're the victim and sort of putting you down. So I say stuff like, oh, you're overreacting. Oh, it's not that bad. Or, oh, it's so hard for me. Why can't you understand? So I think it's probably best, like one way to sort of avoid it is to teach those signs because... Especially, I mean, I know we're taught about domestic abuse, those sort of signs, but for stuff like group bullying and social bullying, we're not taught those signs. I didn't even know what it was until I went through it. So I think uh, we need to be taught more about it in education and more about the signs so that we can prevent it. What I want to add, though, is that like how you were saying in episode four, when we were talking about um, disabilities and stuff, in the media, the way that like bullying is presented to us we often don't associate types of bullying when they're happening to us as to be bullying because we think that it's something that's going to be like you know maybe we're not being physically beaten up or maybe we're not being sent horrible messages or something like that but at the same time people might be doing things to us that we don't realize is bullying because or we might be doing things to people that we don't realize is bullying because our definition of bullying isn't exactly set out and I think the um, media, the way me- media presents bullying is so narrow, where bullying in general is so wide. I think that's another issue. Um, I think there's like the mental side to bullying as well. So like the someone getting inside your head, if that makes sense. And then there's the constant like being in your head and manipulating you from inside like your own mind going oh, well, maybe I am overreacting or maybe maybe they didn't mean it like that. So you then, you spiral in yourself when that one person is the person who might have tipped it over. So there's that mental side as well to bullying. Obviously, there's always going to be a mental side to bullying, but there's also a very specific kind, I find, that's like what they get inside your head. And when they get inside your head, I feel like that can make it worse sometimes. Um, yeah, this is something I want to talk, like Isla was saying, the manipulation of them getting in your head. Lots of um, people are opening their eyes to this recently. And um, I know Coronation Street, I don't normally watch soaps, but I saw this storyline and it got me hooked because it was a storyline about a couple 
they were quite old. They'd been married for a few years or so. Um, and the guy, he gets into her head and it starts really slowly. It starts by um, telling them, asking them to wear something else. Um, and then like separating them from their friends or something, um, making their friends hate them. So they're isolated so you, they can manipulate them even more. He, um, he did all sorts of horrible things to her and it eventually led to um, a really bad... I don't want to spoil it, but um, a really bad climax, if if you will. Yeah, that's um, um, that's basically yeah, what so happened to me. <laughs> it's a it's a big thing the the mental bullying because once you get inside someone's head, you can control them, and once you can control someone, they have no life anymore. It's just you controlling them. Also. Once you get inside someone else's head, sometimes it's them that can make it worse, like themselves. Once you get inside someone that's in someone else's head and you are then controlling them, it can then lead to them actually spiraling and making it worse for them, if that makes sense. Do you mean um, you could bully someone and then without you doing anything further, just by having that knowledge that you're there and that you're not being nice to them, that can cause them to like, I don't know if I've explained this properly, but like cause them to make, make it, make it worse for themselves. Yeah. Once you get into someone else's head, they then knowing that you're there and knowing that you're doing this can then make them spiral even worse than you might have wanted or planned for if if people at home are put, quotations around it so you might have initiated the bullying but then it's actually the person who might have other issues at home or in their own actual life that's actually making it even worse so it might have gone further than you may have anticipated which then leads to it becoming a much bigger and worse scenario just looking at what people told me about um i asked i said what effect did this experience have on you and people Again, it's it's very mental, and I think that the effects of bullying are so deep rooted that it will continue to like fester within that person, and impacts not only the relationships that they had with you, but the relationships that they continue to have with other people. I just want to say, um, if you have gone through anything that we've discussed in this episode, know that you aren't alone. People understand what you're going through. You aren't isolated, and know that you haven't done anything wrong. It's got nothing to do with you. You've been picked for some reason to to have to face this horrible, horrible situation. But know that you're not alone, that there are places out there that can help you. And we will either, like Aaliyah said, either put it in this episode or um, put it on our social medias. But just please, please, please know that you are loved and you aren't alone in this and that you, you can get through this because you are strong enough. Just know that you are loved yeah thank you Arlo. i just i wrote that down actually just to reiterate what i said earlier um about how we close up and um what we do is all of us if we get into any situations like this or even like mild like this um we think that we're especially in situations like this we think that we're the only ones so we close up and we feel embarrassed about it we don't want to talk about it and we keep closing up and it just gets worse and worse in extreme situations you get you just close up so much you can't do anything about it if you think you're in a situation like this, reach out, please, as early as possible. I just want to ask as well, why do you think that people, whether it's young people or older people, why do we think that it's so difficult to go to schools or go to organisations in order to get help? 
because you feel, in my opinion anyway, you feel isolated, you feel like your opinion doesn't matter and this person is so much stronger and bigger than you that you feel like you are weak and that if you do go to someone, they're going to get out of it anyway. So what's the point of going to someone? But also that schools... They don't, they, in the nicest way possible, they think they have enough training, but schools can't just specialise and have enough training in this one aspect because it's it needs so much. There are people out there who literally specialise in this. So school can't have the training and also have everything else that goes on. So as much as they might have some facilities that can help you, they can never give you enough support because there's so many people and there's so many other things that need to go on, which is why... Yes, go to your school. Of course, go to your school. But also know that there are other paid places out there that can help you that know how to specialise in exactly what it might be that you're going through. Because schools can sometimes be very broad in their help. I think schools can also be very scarce on their help from what I've gathered from people responding to me asking, have your school or organisation help? And a lot of the time it's like the school's not doing anything to help the situation or just labeling people as overreacting or even taking the side of the bully. Adrian, do you want to share what you said earlier about um, schools and bullying? I I think a major warning sign, especially for a school, is if you if if you go to a head teacher's speech or you hear a head teacher or someone in the senior leaders team saying that there's no bullying in a school because there's bullying in every school and there's bullying in every club. It's it's how we deal with it. Not the fact that there is none. That's important. Yeah, precisely. People are saying um, the school doesn't care and they say, oh, make friends and they just let it continue. I think from what I've seen, the school that I went to, while they tried, you can't just have one head of key stage to go and deal with everybody's problems because not only do they have to organise the school, but they also have to organise the classes, the lessons or whatever else that they're supposed to do within their job description. It's like they just appointed one person for key stage three, one person for key stage four, one person for key stage five. Any problems, go to them, no matter what it's about. The school I go to now has an actual place where you can go with designated people specifically there to deal with problems like that. Having an actual team to deal with things is so much, first of all, it's it's a better approach because whilst bullying might still happen, there's people going, like there's people you can go to who are more specifically trained to deal with the problems that you might have. Like how Isla was saying just now about how there's organisations that specifically deal with certain things. And I think it's important for schools to have people in place on site that you can go to. Do you know what? might be helpful and this is like I don't know this is me being like quite naive but you know how in America they have like a guidance counsellor who is literally trained as, as like a therapist almost who's actually trained in this that's their main job that's all they do I feel like that is something that needs to be I don't know if they do some schools have them but in our local area I feel like that is something that would be so beneficial having one person maybe two, three people who's, that's their specific job. Like we have Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Not their only job. They have other jobs. They have other things to do. But having one person who's literally like trained in that, that is what they do to be in a school and you know that the advice they're giving you is actual advice that might be helpful rather than 
a head teacher or an SLG member going, oh, just, you know, go sit somewhere else, because that's not helpful. Going and sitting somewhere else is not helpful because they're still there. They're still in your proximity. They're still there with you. Going and sitting somewhere else isn't going to sort it out. You need someone who's going to go, right, do this, try and do that, don't do this, who's actually trained rather than one person who's maybe that's like a side job that they don't really want to have to bother with doing. Sometimes there are those people in place, but it's no point in having someone specifically there to help with your needs if you go to them and they also can underestimate what you're going through. And I think people also have a fear because there's certain people in their lives that they might not be able to trust, trust and they don't want to go to those places in case they then decide to to go and speak to that person. For example, like the people who are bullying you, I know that the school that me and Isla went to, they would bring the the, the bully and the person who was being bullied, they'd just bring them together in a room and they'd have a conversation and like sort things out and then go off and how are you friends now? And then that's the end of the situation without properly going into detail, you know? Like with Emma's situation, didn't Emma go go to the teacher to get it sorted? And they didn't do anything. And she said something. And I, I was thinking about it because she said um, about not retaliating, like retaliation isn't good. I have, I'm I'm borderline about that because I would say retaliation isn't good. But at the same time, it's some of people's only resort. Like it gets to a point where the only thing left that you feel that you can do, even though there are obviously other options, but the only thing that you feel that you can do is to retaliate because nothing else has been done about that. And I would say, I don't think, I don't think it's the problem. I think the retaliation is the product of the problem, not the actual problem itself. Retaliation is the response to not getting response, if that makes sense. I think one misconception is that in a case of like bullying or something, the school need to contact parents. Different schools have different policies, but the law only really states that unless a student is in danger or, or at risk of harm or harming someone else, that they're the only times a teacher needs to contact parents. Many schools have other 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 um, policies for well-being, but I think I think one thing that may that I think would change and make things a lot easier is if even if so for instance my school I was able to um I had something called a keep safe plan um and it was basically that I can choose any teacher to go to and I could talk to them and the only like the only way they would forward that on to my parents is if I was in danger or someone else was in danger but I think that that could be a way to go forwards in schools because your school may have a counsellor, your school may have a designated person for you to speak to, your school may have a system where every year has got their own person, but you might not feel comfortable speaking to that person. I know in my first secondary school, um, they had a whole um, team called the mentors team who was, they had one in every year who was dedicated to some like every year, but I find that found them a bit sarcastic. So I kind of um, spoke to like my own person, but I think I think every school needs to have a sort of system where you can talk to anyone and like every teacher's given, every teacher's gone through mental health training, every teacher's gone through safeguarding training. On on like a very slightly different note, um, I asked, do you think the anti-bullying efforts put in place by schools actually work? I just want to point out that Everybody who answered that question, and bear in mind that the follower base on social media is basically 
mostly students, everybody who answered that question said no. And this is coming coming from people who have been bullied. And you know, people were saying that schools sometimes treat it as like a magical thing that just solves the issue. And then the bullies will turn around and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to do this. Can we be friends? You know, yeah, that's, that's the way that it seems to be treated. Uh, I was just going to say, it's a really important point. So anyone that any school staff or anything that might be listening, like however possible that may be, if it just please make an impact for this, because it's a massive, massive issue. While it might just seem like, you know, oh, um, it might just seem really small to you. These things can have serious effects leading on people's lives. I'm reading comments about people who now have things like anxiety, they now have depression, they have trust issues and all these things stemming from in year three or something when someone decided to to harass them or bully them or point out something about themselves, which constantly, like even to this day, makes them feel bad about themselves. One last thing. What can we do? What do we think that can be done as a group? Um, what do we think can people can do to combat bullying? This is going to, like, apart from seeking help, like, obviously that is the main thing, is trying to find, not necessarily your school, but trying to find something and somewhere that can help you. But apart from that, just try and isolate yourself as much as possible away from them try to ignore them as much as possible and I'm not saying that, that is any easy feat I know that that is going to be so so hard but that is the best thing to do try not to give any fuel to their fire because if you don't give them the attention that maybe that's what they might be wanting with your reaction to them just try and isolate yourself from them as much as possible whether that means moving classes whether it means moving forms moving school um just try and isolate and do what you think the best thing is to do i mean one way to go forward would be to do what other countries have done we should have a like a a def a legal definition of bullying and like a legal definition a legal definition of bullying and a like legal repercussion for bullying i think that could be a way to go can you give um, an example of that because i've never actually heard of um of that so um in the philippines they've got something called the um anti bullying anti bullying act 2013 um which basically outlines the definition of bullying what different organizations should do what the repercussions of it are and it's kind of a it's a good way to go. In England, the closest we have to that is either the Malicious Communications Act, uh, 1988, which only puts certain instances of cyberbullying and only co- when it's constant, um, it only makes that illegal, or the Protection of Harassment Act, which is the same. Although um, the issue with the Protection from Harassment Act is that uh, harassment, like it, it's hard to, for harassment to be events. I just want to share what someone said about ways to tackle bullying. What she said was, schools should have team building that mixed races, sex and religion at a young age and throughout the formative years. It should be part of the curriculum like PE. Being inclusive and educating on this should be normalised from young. By the time we get to having to tackle bullying, we've already let ourselves down. I think that really, really sums up like as well what we need to... like. That's a very, very actionable thing. And I think... What we can do it do about it as young people ourselves is limited in that whilst we can talk and we can help promote good um, places to go to and we can help promote like personal um, coping mechanisms and ways to deal with deal with certain things, we can't at the end of the day 
put forward the proper systems to um, systematically change this. Yeah. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is because I don't know if there's a like statistic or anything, but bullying probably happens the most in schools. So having prevention in schools where it might, I don't know if that's an actual fact, but where it might be the most happening is the best thing to do. By the time we get around to dealing with it, it's often too late. We're often dealing with it as a reaction rather than uh, rather than being proactive about it. Well, that was a good note to end on. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to the loud table. Are we saying goodbye now? I guess. I don't know. Yes. Say bye. Bye bye. 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 Goodbye. And this is a bye from Emma. Bye. That's, bye from, that's Emma. A bye from Emma. Okay, now that we've talked about the problem, it's time to look at the solution. Towards the end, we'll let you all know where you can find resources, not only if you need help yourself, but also if you want to know more about the topic or read the sites that we use to help us bring together all of this information. So I'd like to talk a bit about um, how you can, um, how everyone can do their part to combat bullying. Now I'm going to read out some points from the Change Starts With Us Literature Review. The link for this will be on our website. And it's going to be about how we can all do our part to combat bullying. It's about how family can do their part, how the government can do their part, and how schools can do their part. So a thing I've, I've found for family is um, parenting style. This is mainly focused on parents of a potential bully if their child is someone that's bullying then if they had kind of parents maybe they wouldn't get into a situation where they'd feel the need to regain power and bully other people a way to combat this is family therapy which will really help because you can talk more there's more communication and communication is really key to having a better relationship with everyone a part the government can play is um having laws against bullying yes but besides this because it's quite hard to enforce these laws sometimes especially with all the bullying all the types of bullying we've talked about this episode something else they can do is reduce social society societal inequality because really if you think about it all bullying stems from prejudicial and if all of society is equal more or less then there'll be a lot less bullying and schools really all schools need to do is improve the school climate we make it sound a lot easier than it is and like we've said schools can't just give a detention they can't just write a note to the parent or something they can't just um talk, sit down with the student for a little bit and talk they have to actually deal with it properly and try and create a kinder environment and have more personal relationships with the students yeah so like Nikhil's saying the change starts with us literature review change starts with us is um the evidence base for interventions to reduce bullying online and offline so like he said they do target families um the government and also schools themselves so things that they mention and what Nikhil has spoken about are the ones which have strong evidence bases for improving, for reducing the amount of bullying. So that's um, improving the school climate, um, introducing things like family therapy and also implementing government policies and other ways that could work. But they haven't we haven't included them because they still need some more um, research into seeing whether it's actually effective, but um, implementing support groups and also restoring good relationships with people as he was saying a lot of bullying happens because the children don't feel 
like they have a good environment and they feel like a target or a victim themselves and therefore in order to regain that control then start to bully others so by looking at restoring the relationships in their lives can actually well there's a moderate evidence base that that will actually help to improve situations and also things like school transport so looking with at bus drivers and having them look out and be trained to deal with bullying if it happens on the way to school or the way back from school. Teacher training, so like how um, Adrian mentioned within the loud table, training teachers to make sure that they know how to respond and help. Some Another point I want to make, a big way to combat bullying as well is to kind of do what we've done, like not create a podcast necessarily but um what we're trying to do here really what Ali is trying to do with the podcast is actually help people and spread the word about how we can help people so the point of this you can take this information on and you can keep it in your head rent free and you can spread the word um about how people can recognize bullying recognize if they're being bullied and recognize if they're bullying others and then a change can happen yeah raising awareness is a, is a big thing and even if you can't do anything like i said before even if we can't actually go and change the law and make it so that it's harder for people to bully others and get away with stuff. At the same time, by you looking out for your people, whether they're your friends or not, just by being a decent person and looking out for people and making sure that nobody's alone, nobody's being isolated. And if they're being bullied and they personally can't do anything about it, but you might be able to, by stepping in and actually lending a hand, even if it's just by being their friend, you're actually doing a really big service and that can help to improve the situation and make things better. I think that's a really good note to end this episode off on and to all of you out there listening I hope that if you are being bullied as Isla said you are loved and even when you feel like you're completely alone there are still people out here who care for you whether you know it or not and you can always find help and support. What I'm going to be doing is putting on our website a link to resources. So go to www.loudpodcast.podbean.com and there you'll find a page with resources and also if you follow us on social media. So Instagram is at loud.podcast or Twitter, which is loudpodcast underscore or Facebook, which is just loudpodcast. You'll be able to find more information, more guides, and also link to, links to more of our things to personally find help. But to close off, before we leave, I would just like to make you aware of something that is happening. So me and my mom, to raise money for Macmillan Cancer Support, we are doing a 10-day 5K challenge. So every single day for 10 days straight, we have to run or walk at least five kilometers. And um, we fit our target to £1,000, which is slightly big but the more money they have the better the more they can do and what they do is they give advice to people who have maybe been recently diagnosed with cancer or who have people in their lives who are affected by cancer so that they can get some help and they can get some support and they also send out nurses and also help people if they have cancer and they can't like pay their rent or if they need help with certain things then they help so i'll also have the link on the website and in the description of this video if you're listening on something that is not podbean and if you can please 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 go and donate not for me but just for people People who are affected and families who are affected by cancer find us on social media and thank you everyone for listening yeah thank you all for listening hope you can make a difference yes thank you it's been ali and a nikhil. <laughs> and nikhil i hope you enjoy the rest of your day 
and I will see you definitely in the next episode. Bye. Okay, there you Bye. Go. Bye. Bye. Bon au revoir. Danke schon. Auf Wiedersehen. Have you got all your biceps now? Is that it? I think that's it. I don't think I know anymore. Bye. Okay, there you go.